Welcome to Angels Live, a podcast talking to angel investors and entrepreneurs. In our episodes, we will dive into the why and how our guests got started and what's important navigating the startup journey. This is where you can learn more about how jobs are created, innovation is sparked, and tap into what's happening in your local community. I'm Marsha Dawood. And I'm Warren Spiewak. Our mission is to be your gateway to the Angel Capital Association and an inside look into the startup world. All right, so we're here, we're on a new episode. I'm excited to meet Steve Baggett. Marsha, this was one of the angels you thought of for this episode where we're gonna talk, of course, about the basics of angel investing and some of the things that a lot of us might wanna know. But also it's going to be kind of a fun conversation about funds and like taking a deeper dive into explaining the the way these different angel groups are set up and and what it's like for anyone listening that might be experiencing an angel group for the first time. Yes. I'm excited to hear Steve talk about his experiences because he is a part of an angel group called Queen City Angels. They have a fund as well as a network, which Steve will explain a little bit about what that means. But he has also been doing a lot to help people in the community learn about what angel investing is and get a little bit of a taste for it before they would ever sign on to a full angel uh, network. So let's get Steve to tell us a little bit more about QCA. Hello, everybody. I'm delighted to. So before I talk about QCA, I'll just explain how I became an angel investor because 10 years ago, I knew virtually nothing about angel investing, but I was working at Procter & Gamble at the time. And one of the responsibilities of my team was finding innovations on the outside that could fuel Procter & Gamble's open innovation program, bringing assets and capabilities in that could drive P&G's business results. So we tried to find networks and connections where we could go out and explain that we were looking for innovation and, and see what, uh, what there might be kind of patrolling the perimeter. We learned about the Angel Capital Association, which had 250 member groups and 14,000 members. And we learned that, you know, these angel groups are seeing all kinds of incredibly cool technologies and businesses at a very early stage. So I had an opportunity to go to the ACA summit in 2012 down in Austin and share that PNG was open for business with the several hundred angels who were, who were gathered there. And so as I was there for a couple of days, I had a chance to meet a lot of these folks and I was so impressed. They were uh, people who had, you know, had some great success in their careers, but, you know, they were so committed to working with and supporting entrepreneurs, driving businesses, driving economic development. And I just thought, wow, this is an incredible ecosystem. And so I stayed close to the ACA for a few years. I got to know Queen City Angels, which is in my hometown of Cincinnati, the angel investing group there. So when I had a chance to take early retirement from PNG in 2015, I did two things. I started up a consulting firm and I joined Queen City Angels and I've been an active member for the last uh, going on six years. What are some of the first noticings of going to your first like that first event, like where you're actually listening to entrepreneurs share with you their business, their vision, and then of course, what their ask is. Yeah. So I had, I had had a chance to work with entrepreneurs off and on in my role at, at Procter and Gamble. And I love working with entrepreneurs. So here I was in the, in the warm confines of a big fortune 50 company 
And I was so, we would have entrepreneurs come to us wanting to do business with P&G. And I was so impressed with these folks. They had maxed out three credit cards. They'd taken a second mortgage. They were doing every, they put everything on the line to bring their business to fruition, to take their passion and bring it to life. And they knew that the odds were stacked against them in some respects. But I just had so much respect for these people who were who were so driven and so and so passionate. So when I became, you know, and got to know more about the angel investing ecosystem and then became an angel, one of the th- one of the reasons I wanted to become an angel, I mean, certainly I want an economic return, but as I tell people who are kicking the tires on being an angel, there are a lot easier ways to make money, but I haven't found any that are more fun. And so working with entrepreneurs and being able to have a front row to new innovation, new business models, new technologies is, is one of the things that I have is just exceeded my expectations as uh, as being an angel investor. So tell us a little bit more about QCA and how you've gotten involved with all the different aspects of it. So let me just uh, talk about how QCA is organized. Uh, uh, like like uh, many angel groups, we have a fund. We're on our sixth fund right now. I joined during fund five. And the, the thing about the funds that I found really attractive is it gives very, very rapid diversification. So we invested in 20 companies out of Fund 5, and then I think we're on about 14 or 15 investments in Fund 6. So we operate out of our funds, but actually mo- most of our money has been invested as a network. So in between our funds, so when Fund 5 is all invested or earmarked in our portfolio companies, instead of shutting down until we have the next fund stood up, we revert to operating as a network when we are in between funds. So we continue screening, due diligence, making investment decisions. But because we are in between funds at that period of time, we then all write individual checks in order to form the $250,000 or whatever the investment level might, might be. In the meantime, we are getting ready to stand up the next fund. And so we have a period of about 12 to 18 months in between and then, you know, we, we stood up fund six and we're now about halfway through that particular fund. If there's an angel group and they have a fund, right, there's a certain amount of money. It might be a minimum investment that I, as an angel, want to be part of that fund that I write a check for. There could be opportunities that are shown to the angel group that maybe the whole fund doesn't want to invest in, but maybe I want to personally. Can you just talk about how that, how does that work uh, if you're in sure. a group? Sure, it's a great question. So for for Queen City Angels, the minimum investment in our fund is $50,000. So I, as a member of Queen City Angels, can choose to invest in the fund or not. I like to invest in the fund because of the diversification and the portfolio aspect. And that minimum threshold is 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 $50,000. Now, when an investment comes to a vote, we have to have 60% of our member investors vote yes. And if so, then that investment gets funded. So whether or not, if I was in the, in the minority and didn't like it, but 60% or more say yes, then the fund makes the investment. To your point, if there is something that the fund passes on, but I really like it, if that entrepreneur is open to taking money, then I could write an individual check in that, in that particular venture. By the same token, if we have more than five members who want to make an investment, outside of a fund investment that also can then be part of the Queen City Angels portfolio. And so tell us a little bit about some of the companies that you've invested in. Um, 
our our investment thesis is pretty is pretty broad. It's, it may be easier to talk about the companies that we tend to steer clear of. We don't do much in consumer products because that's pretty high risk. We don't do much in, in classic pharmaceuticals because of the amount and the timeline. Um, but beyond that, we will, uh, we will look at most anything. So our portfolio skews to, we like life sciences, we like med devices, we, we certainly like software as a service or SaaS businesses, digital marketing. We also have some advanced materials. Um, we have a couple interesting plays in, in the ag tech space. We have a couple fintech. So it's really a very, very diversified portfolio. Fundamentally, like most angels, we are looking at how good is the team? Is it an attractive market? And is their product market fit? And if we can satisfy ourselves on those things, then we are relatively agnostic about the particular business even though there are a few that we tend to steer clear of. And can you give us a couple of examples? Sure. So um, there's, there's one that is um, doing very, very well right now. It's called Cloverleaf. And Marsha, I know that you're aware of this. Uh, they are in the um, uh, team effectiveness and workplace effectiveness space. So they leverage uh, profiles of individuals and provide uh, suggestions and tips for coworkers in the stream of work. So that could be Slack, email, whatever platform you happen to be on. They have seen a terrific uptick in their business. Uh, frankly, as many people have gone to working virtually, where it's critically important that they understand how to work effectively and do so remotely. So that's one that is, is particularly of interest. Um, and then we had a recent exit, which, Marsha, I know you're familiar with this, called Connexus that was in the uh, diversity and minority supplier space that was purchased by a strategic acquisition by a, a, a larger firm. And, and that was one of our most recent exits. So those are a couple of the examples of the companies that we have in our portfolio. Okay, so this is my question for you. I know you're based out of Cincinnati and I always, am, I always find it really neat to hear about syndication where cities get to hear from other cities all over the, all over the map about new opportunities. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about if you're an angel in Cincinnati and something really cool is happening on the East Coast or in Alaska, how does syndication work and, and how do you guys see it? Um, like, how do you guys really see these opportunities where you're at? So syndication has been a, a really important part of what we've done at Queen City Angels. It starts within the state of Ohio. One of the things that Tony Shipley, who, um, as many folks know, is the current chair of the ACA. He's also the founder and chair of Queen City Angels. One of the things he did many years ago is create a, a monthly call for all of the established angel groups in the state of Ohio. At the high water mark, I think there were about 10 organizations. And that monthly call is focused on best practices and you know news and other things, but it's primarily focused on deal flow. So if, if QCA has a company that has come into the pipeline that we really like and that we're moving through to due diligence, Tony will share that information with his opposite numbers at all the other angel groups in Ohio so they can be on the lookout for it. And the way that we've made that really efficient is we have treaty agreements amongst all of those organizations so that we can freely share due diligence work products among all of them. So again, if Queen City Angels is the lead investor 
and has done the due diligence, we'll send that work product out to all the other groups who are interested to let them evaluate the opportunity. They'll still run it through their process. But one of the one of the benefits of that approach is it tends to be a pretty efficient approach to the entrepreneur. So even though they might have to go to Columbus and Cleveland and Toledo and Akron and so on, they at least have a warm introduction to those groups and they start kind of on second base with those particular organizations. That's what we've done close to home that has worked very well. And then, you know, we also have taken advantage of the connections we have through the Angel Capital Association to syndicate deals beyond what we have, particularly in the state of Ohio. So I love asking different people from different angel groups. There's such a wide variety of skill set and backstory. Could you give us kind of like a contrast of the kind of members you have at Queen City Angels? Just for a listener that really proves the diversity and the background of all these different people that actually participate in angel investing. Sure. So at Queen City Angels, we have just about 130 members. Um, we have uh, we have more than doubled our membership in the last three to four years. And I can talk about that if we have some time, how we've gone about that. One of the things that I really like is that we have tremendous diversity of background and expertise in the group. So we meet every three weeks. So we meet 17 times a year. And I would say the vast majority of those times, the company who is coming into pitch might not be something that I have got particular expertise in. So my background is in consumer products, uh, digital marketing, those sorts of things. So if I have a fintech company that comes in, I have very little expertise in fintech, but I can look around the table and I can count a handful of folks who've got deep financial expertise. I can count on a number of folks who've got deep digital marketing expertise, a number of folks who had great supply chain uh, expertise careers in their previous life. So there, I'm sure there are some companies that could come in and pitch where we wouldn't have someone who is exactly the right expert, but it's really unusual for us not to have somebody who at least knows the right questions to ask, if not someone who's got deep, deep expertise in that particular area. That's why I do this in a group. I would never do this on my own. This is way too high a risk sport for me to be involved in uh, without kind of the safety net of me having the other 125 colleagues around the table to, uh, to, uh, to assess the opportunity. I was really curious about what their professional backgrounds are too. Like, like, could you, would you say like everyone's a CFO, everyone has a financial background? Like there's, it's a wide variety. It's, it's really diverse. Um, we have a number of folks who are kind of the classic American angel from that profile from a few years ago that are in their you know, mid to late 50s. They're on to their next career. They've either been a successful entrepreneur. They have been a C-suite executive in, in, a, in a large mid-sized to large company, and they've achieved some success, and they're looking to do this in the next, in the next chapter. One of the things I've been really excited about over the last few years as we've expanded our membership is we have had a very dedicated outreach to folks who are kind of mid-career, um, and we have uh, created a program that allows them to come in at a lower, you know, a, a more accessible investment threshold. And that has brought in folks who are, you know, early to mid-career and has also expanded, you know, we have, we have younger, we have more diverse members, and that's been a real, real um, asset to the group as we've not only expanded our numbers, but we've increased the diversity of experience, the levels, the age. Um, 
racial and ethnic, gender diversity, all of that has been uh, a real boon over the last three, three to four years. One of the things that we learned back in 2014, when coincidentally it was my wife, Sue Baggett, who led a strategic refresh at Queen City Angels, and we learned a ton. And one of the things that was really important that we uncovered is what were the barriers to people becoming an angel? the barriers to someone joining Queen City Angels and becoming an investor. And it really boiled down to three things. It was awareness, it was education, and it was risk tolerance. Mm. And so we created a program that we call the Ascent Membership Program. It's a new membership tier, and it's designed to address those barriers. So we went out and we have done extensive marketing in the area so people have awareness of angel investing as an asset class. We have coupled that with education. So the Ascent program is, is, a, is a wraparound program that provides a, a, a lot of content to people who come in when they are new members of Queen City Angels. We meet every four to six weeks and we unpack term sheets, due diligence, valuation, everything someone needs to know so by the time that we get to the end of about 12 to 14 months, they have been through the curriculum and they have also had a chance to learn by doing. So they're full members of Queen City Angels. They're doing screening, doing due diligence, but we have a dedicated educational program so they can get comfortable with what, what angel investing is all about. And then the third piece of the puzzle was risk tolerance. So we created a, a, what we thought was a very accessible threshold for folks to join which was a one-time $25,000 investment into one of our funds. So what that did is it allowed them to put, you know, a non-trivial amount of money to work, but it wasn't in the multi-hundreds of thousands, which was way beyond what these folks who were kind of mid-career in many cases were comfortable doing. So we created more awareness of the asset class. We built an educational program to take people along the journey of becoming a skilled angel investor and we set a more accessible entry point so that they could put money to work, but not so much that they were going to feel really, really uncomfortable about jumping in. Wow, and, that's amazing. And as a result, as, as a result we've dumped, we have 60 members in this class, and, uh, and, and we've gotten terrific reviews from them in terms of how it has uh, helped them become competent angel investors. Sometimes people want to know, like, what is the process of going from just somebody who thinks it's neat and and kind of admires the process of angel investing to really becoming an angel like where what is that process what would you tell somebody that might be an executive somewhere or they retired and they've got skill set that they would love to share with people whether it's fellow investors or entrepreneurs what would your message be on that for them to 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 go down the path so i would encourage anybody who has passion for entrepreneurs a desire for lifelong learning and is interested in putting some money to work in a you know higher risk but also hopefully higher reward asset class to spend some time with their local angel group i'm sure many of them operate the way we do at queen city angels which is we're happy to have coffee with folks explain what it is that we do we always invite a prospective member to come to one of our regular every three week you know three and a half hour meetings so they can sit there and just understand what it's like. What are the questions that gets asked? How do we interact with the entrepreneurs? Uh, and, and then if they're comfortable, uh, you know, we, we invite them to, to join. And in many cases, 
that's enough for people to say, gosh, I really think this is you know, something I want to put my time into. If they're not yet ready, we also have opportunities for them to get involved in doing things short of becoming a full member, and that's coaching, advising entrepreneurs. I mean, most every community has got ways of giving back to entrepreneurs in ways that can be very, very meaningful and can help people begin to get a feel for what it's like to be an angel investor if they're not ready to take the plunge and fully join an angel group. Steve, I love this. I know that we don't have a lot of time, but education for people that are wanting to learn more and, you know, whether it's regarding investments or just what it is about your group, what are the resources for education within an angel group like yours? Education is so important. And, and I remember the first couple of times I, uh, whether I was at an ACA and sat in on a, a, a seminar or was at our Queen City Angels meeting, you had people talking a different language. They were talking about, you know, full ratchet anti-dilution and participating preferred and, you know, redemption rights and all this stuff. And it's a, it's a different language. And then once you begin to understand it, once you do a few of them, it all falls into place and it can get, uh, it can get demystified. But one of the things we realize is it can be really, really off-putting for people to parachute into an angel group, you know, uh, un, un, uh, unschooled. Um, and, and sit there and they feel like they're a fish out of water. So one of the things we have done for the Ascent membership tier, which is kind of our starter member level, as well as for our full regular members, we've created a full set of educational programming within Queen City Angels to support our members. And we have provided support for our members and, and advice for them to participate in ACA educational programming. So uh, the webinars, the um, the ACA Summit, all of the things that are available, the Angel University, and we've had many members take advantage of those so that there, it's a combination of kind of what's homegrown education that we've created on our own and then tapping into the scale programming at the ACA. I think it's taken our members to a whole nother level of, of competence and expertise and comfort compared to where we were several years ago. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. There is so much to learn and know. And in those first couple meetings, when you hear all of these things, even convertible notes and priced rounds and things like that, you're kind of thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, how much do I really have to learn? But once you do a couple of deals and you see a couple different companies, you start to really learn it. But getting those education classes in either through your local angel group or, of course, all the things you can do with the Angel Capital Association, that makes a ton of sense. So also when it comes to things like that, Steve, where do you go for, you know, some advice or who, who do you look for to help with uh, some of your decision making? As I have gotten to know fellow angels, I've been so impressed because folks are incredibly generous with their time. I can't think of a time in which I bumped into someone at the ACA summit or elsewhere and said, hey, you know, you have an interesting uh, background in such and such. Do you have a half hour? And And everyone is incredibly generous and willing to spend time, network, advise, share mistakes so that I can make new mistakes. It's, I'm sure I'm not unique in that. I think everybody has taken advantage of those. Um, I happen to have my own secret weapon, though, when it comes to advice, and that's I'm married to a rock star angel. So Sue Baggett is not only a fellow member at Queen City Angels with me, she and Marsha Marcia are also involved in the Next Wave Impact Fund, and I, I have to say, when I have questions, Sue is the first person that I go to. And, and the other thing I would just share is 
there is nothing more romantic than a nice dinner, bottle of wine, candlelight, discussing valuation methodology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So true. And it is so true that your wife is a rock star. She's awesome. Um, I so married well. Steve, we're going to do our, um, what is your favorite childhood? And then we fill in the blank. So for today, we're going to spin our little wheel over here. And your question is going to be, tell us about your favorite childhood subject in school. Favorite childhood subject in school. I would probably have to say it was history. I had Mrs. Lee in fifth grade, who was just a fantastic teacher. And uh, I was a history major in college, which led my dad to ask me the question, what the heck are you going to do with that? But I've always had a love for history. And I think that was probably started in, in fifth grade with Mrs. Lee. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Steve. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Uh, it's great. You know, <clears throat> Cincinnati is where it's at with angel investing, huh? The Queen City Angels. It's always the cities that you don't think about first that have all kinds of really cool innovation going on. Great to be with you. And as Mark Twain said, at the end of the world, he wanted to be in Cincinnati because it would happen 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> with that, thank you so much and bye everybody. Angels Live is produced and sponsored with the help of the Angel Capital Association's Angel University. You wanna learn more about how to become an angel? The Angel Capital Association offers four basic courses ranging from fundamentals to valuations and three more advanced courses covering topics like board rolls and cap tables. To find out more and sign up, go to www.angelcapitalassociation.org. Angels Live is produced and sponsored with the help of Angel Capital Association's affinity partner, Acrisure IBTS. Not only can Warren and his role at IBTX help you with all your business insurance needs, he has also set up the director and officer site that help both portfolio companies and fund groups attain DNO in an easy and affordable way. You can find out more and even request a meeting with Warren by going to www.angelinsuranceprogram.com. <laughs>